Welcome to Not A Christian Podcast. It's not a Christian podcast. It's a podcast that just happens to be Christian. In this podcast, we tell stories, we talk about life, faith, and pretty much anything else you can imagine. Now let's jump into it. Welcome back to the show. It's episode 43 of Not a Christian Podcast. Right here on Friday, August 13th. It's Friday the 13th. Didn't even realize until I just said it out loud. Oh my gosh. I remember like being a kid and thinking like Friday the 13th is a big deal, y'all. We need to be careful. Uh, but as an adult, I realize it's it's nothing. It's just any other day. It's a Friday, actually. So it's already better than than most other days of the week. But Hey, this, this, sorry to start off on such an irreverent note. I feel like I'm doing some disrespect to what I'm about to tell you because today, y'all, is the end of an era. That is because you may remember way back in the earlier days of the podcast, and I've alluded to it several times throughout the history of the show, is that almost every single episode, I would imagine like of the 43 episodes now, 38, 39 of them, have been recorded uh, right here in my apartment. You may remember that my apartment has white cinder block walls. Uh, there's no light in the living room. There's no door in the doorway that leads from the from the living room to the bedroom. Uh, there, there's a multitude of things. There's there's a there's an air conditioner in the living room, but it doesn't circulate to the bedroom. It makes for some warm nights. Uh, sometimes I can smell my neighbor's cigarette smoke from my apartment. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I've talked about this before, but today is the end of an era because I've actually moved out and, uh, I've still got my lease for a few more days. So I'm actually here recording the podcast in the apartment one last time, but the apartment is empty. So if the acoustics are a little different today, if it's echoey, that's because there's, there's nothing here to absorb the sound. And I just thought, you know, let's, while this apartment wasn't the best to say the least, (laughs) This dimly lit prison cell of an apartment. (laughs) It's where Not A Christian Podcast was born. And it's where most of our Not A Christian Podcast memories were made. So let's, let's take a moment of silence in honor of my former apartment. Okay, thank you so much for that. Thank you, apartment. Mixed emotions, but mostly good. Won't really miss being here. So... Uh, on, on social media, I put out a poll, and I asked you guys a question, as I do a lot, because I was just thinking about, like, dad names, and it's like, I feel like everybody's dad is named, like, Mike or Steve or Jeff, so I I sat down and thought about, like, the most common dad names I could think of, and I came up with five, Mike, Steve, Jeff, John, and Joseph. And now I realize I should have said Dave instead of Joseph because I feel like Dave is an even more dad name than Joseph. And I asked you guys, is your dad's name one of these? Mike, Steve, Jeff, John, or Joseph? And 12.4% of you said that was your dad's name. So honestly, I was thinking that poll was going to be like 50%. Like 50% of people would be like, yes, my dad is named one of these things, which was going to be pretty astonishing. But that's just not, that didn't happen. Uh, it, it kind of defied my expectations. But honestly, 
five names, 12.5%, that's still pretty impressive. But if it was like a bigger percent, like 40, 50 plus percent, I was going to do like a, a theory on it, but I don't know. The 12.5% isn't nearly as interesting. So that's why I asked that question. It was just a random thought that popped into my head, and I, my theory was proven wrong. So today's episode is going to be a hodgepodge of things that I've been like meaning to talk about lately, or that if I don't talk about them soon, they're going to become irrelevant because they're you know they're topical. They're what's going on right now in the world. But let's let's do some some housekeeping first. Eska summer, big hit. We spent the whole summer talking about eschatology. And I thought it was so much fun. I love getting to do like the research that goes into that. If you want to go back and listen to any of those episodes, episodes 34, 35, 36, 37, 39, 41, and 42 are all talking about eschatology. And what I was going to do next, starting like this week, was do like a three-part series on the book of Revelation because that is a book that is sometimes interpreted by people to be talking about the end times. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it talks about the millennium, and that's what we kind of kept going back to throughout the Eska Summer series. But I don't think three weeks is going to do it justice, and it's going to take a lot more uh, time and devotion on my part than I realized uh, because I don't— I, on one hand, I do want to just give you like a brief overview, but I don't want to skim past it all in three weeks. So that'll be coming up soon. Uh, I'll have more details on that. But for the most part, Eska Summer is over. And so I I hope you enjoyed it. I, as much as I did, because I certainly did, love getting to do that. Uh, but yeah, Eska Summer's over, and it was, it was a great summer series, and, and now we're ready to move on to what's next in Not a Christian Podcast. Over the summer as well, I had a survey out called the Dada Christian Podcast Friend of the Show Survey, and that's still up. If you want to go to like the link in my bio on Instagram or just like send me a message somewhere else and say, okay, I want to fill out the survey, you can do that. And I was just wanting to get y'all's feedback on the show, and I did. Uh, quite a few of you filled that out, so thanks to everybody who filled out the Dada Christian Podcast Friend of the Show Survey. Let's go ahead and take a look at, at some of the findings that we got from that survey. So the first question I asked was, how many episodes of Not a Christian Podcast have you listened to? And about 16% of you said you've listened to just about every episode, 30 plus, because that's clear kind of at 33 or so when I, when I posted this survey. An additional 28% of you said you've listened to 21 to 30, and then 11 to 20 was 27%. So it shows me that, that people are very engaged with the show. Uh, while I would like for that number of people who've listened to like every episode to be higher, I understand because I have my favorite podcast and sometimes I'll get a month or two behind just because I don't have time to keep up. So thanks to everybody who, who listens like every week. And, and I know I've gotten a lot of messages this summer. Well, I say a lot, like hundreds of messages. No, a few messages this summer. We'll say that people say that, you know, they've, they've gotten behind because of summer. And I think the numbers have kind of reflected that uh, when they come into me, listening has been down in the summer, but I'm not too worried about it. Uh, because I know I'm kind of out of a routine, sort of, and I know everyone else is too, so that's cool. Uh, next, I asked, which one of these describes your Not a Christian Podcast listening habits? Kind of the same thing. About 22% of you said you're never more than two or three episodes behind. 27.8% of you said I listen regularly but get several episodes behind. Uh, and then 22% said I listen to episodes casually when they pertain to my interest. 
and then there were some other options uh, that a few people uh, picked. But once again, it shows me there's there's a lot of engagement, a lot of commitment to Not a Christian Podcast. And then I asked, before Not a Christian Podcast, did you know Kyle? That's me personally. Uh, Two thirds of you said you did, so that's still that's still one of the big draws or one of the big audience pools that I have is people that I know personally. So thanks for being here. But about a third of you said you didn't know me before Not a Christian Podcast, and maybe I've met you in person since then. Maybe I haven't. Uh, but thank you for letting me, a stranger, uh, into your into your life. I'm super honored that that you are a listener of the show even though you've, you've never met me before. Uh, then, then I went on and asked some, some scale of 1 to 10 questions. I asked, how conversational is not a Christian podcast? And by conversational, that means how well does it do at seeming like it's a conversation between me and the listener, you know, even though it's a monologue. And you guys said 8.2. That's a pretty, pretty good number in, in my opinion. So thanks for voting on that. Then I asked on a scale of 1 to 10, how well does Not A Christian Podcast do at being interactive, meaning including audience in the show, interacting on social media, replying to comments and messages, etc. This was the highest score that you guys gave me on any of the questions. You guys said it was an 8.8 on being interactive, and that's I think that's the shows as it's evolved, as we've come into like 43 episodes, that's really what I love to do, almost, probably the most actually is interacting with people on social media, whether it be through message, poll, uh, getting your opinions on things, asking you questions. I just think that's so much fun, and I'm glad that you guys uh, noticed that. I'm glad you guys enjoy that interaction on social media as well. Then I asked, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how well does Not a Christian Podcast do at being relatable, meaning covering topics that are relevant to you and doing so in a manner that is not too academic or too juvenile? Uh, 8.4 out of 10 was the average answer. And I should have asked, like, well, is it too academic or is it too juvenile? Because as I listen back to the shows when I'm editing, especially in the theology episodes, I'm like, okay, I probably could have explained that a little better. And then I know there are people who, who are here mostly just for theology. And when I talk about stupid things or when we dedicate like a whole, uh, well, I say stupid, but I love them. If we dedicate a whole episode to a tournament, like determining the best fast food, uh, if, if you came for a theology podcast, you may not be quite as excited about that. Uh, but... Like this, that's just the identity of Not A Christian Podcast. That's who we are. Uh, we're unique. We're different. We're not doing it the way anyone else is doing it. Uh, so to get an 8.4 on that is, is, is wonderful. I love it. Next question on a scale of 1 to 10. How well does Not A Christian Podcast do it? Being thought-provoking, meaning interacting with topics in a way that invites and encourages you to think about things in different ways and challenge you. speech jammer oh no i just got speech jammed got to debut that (laughs) for real this time if you haven't listened to last week's episode that's go listen to it to to find out where that came from (laughs) so how well does not a christian podcast do it interacting with topics in a way that invites and encourages you to think about things in different ways and challenges your preconceived notions there we go got it out you guys said 8.6 uh, that's pretty good, I think. And that's that's the thing about when I talk about theological things, I don't want to just explain it in the way that everyone else explains it. Uh, even though like I don't disagree with, with how other people explain it, I just kind of want to look at it from a different angle and look at it from like an angle of understanding 
and an angle of how should we think about this? And you've probably seen that in, you know, the women in ministry episode of someone like me who is a relatively conservative guy, evangelical in the sense that I still believe in like sharing the gospel and that's like the ultimate goal of, of the Christian. I don't really fit into a lot of theological categories uh, when you kind of fine tune it because of, you know, just some different beliefs I have about things like end times. A lot of you told me that you've never heard the end times views that I have and it's not because they're unique to me just because they don't get a whole lot of attention in the wider world of theology. Yeah, I like to be thought-provoking. I like to challenge preconceived notions because that's how I learn the best is by having what I believe to be true or what I've thought to be true challenged. And sometimes I, my opinion doesn't change and sometimes it does change and I think that's how we learn the best. And then I asked the final question on scale of 1 to 10 was on a scale of 1 to 10, how well does Not A Christian Podcast do at being funny? Meaning, well, do you laugh much when you watch the show? And the average answer was 8.2. Uh, somebody gave me a 3. Like, okay, sorry, I'm not your type of humor. You know, I did post a poll the other day and I asked, you know, what's y'all's favorite type of humor? And most of you said uh, you like to dry and sarcasm, which is my favorite type of humor. But then another big portion said you like dad jokes and puns. I hate that. I, I don't want to say I hate it, but I really dislike that kind of humor. That is not my kind of humor. I'm not out here making puns. I'm not out here telling dad jokes. I, I like to think my style of humor is a little more sophisticated, and you got to be paying a little more attention. And, and I kind of like it when people are like, is that dude joking, or is he dead serious right now? <laughs> and then a few of you, it, it, was, it was kind of, because this is, this is where I've been trying to grow as a comedian, I guess. I'm not a comedian. But what I've tried to do is become a better observer and storyteller because that is the kind, because I like dry and witty sarcasm, but when it comes to like the humor that I take in, I love observational storytelling. Uh, and I think it takes like a tremendous gift and talent to do that. And that's kind of what I've been trying to develop in my own life uh, just to become, I guess, a more interesting person or a funnier person. Uh, so anyway, that's, those are my bread and butter uh, dry and sarcasm, number one, and then I'm trying to become a better storyteller and just kind of that observational style humor. Uh, so I hope I'm doing well in that. hope that reflects in the episodes of Not a Christian Podcast. Then I asked you guys, what are the best types of segments on the show? And it was pretty, pretty much a consensus. Uh, theological topics were big. Stories from my life were big. Brackets and tier lists and rankings. Those were kind of the big ones that you guys really liked. Uh, you guys also really like interviews and guests. We'll, we'll get to that more here in a minute. Then I asked, uh, were there any segments that you've not liked quite so much? Uh, someone said the one where you slandered sweet tea. I said what I said. I'm not taking that back. And then someone said they don't like the episodes quite as much where I don't talk about theology or rankings and stuff. Once again, those are, those are great. Somebody said Tootsie Rolls are awesome. Way back in the early days of the show, I did slander Tootsie Rolls. They're disgusting. <laughs> My friend, I don't know if I should say his name. I have a friend who, who doesn't have a sense of smell. Uh, so when we talk about scent-related stories, he says, I don't like all scent-related stories that I pretend to relate to. <laughs> uh, somebody said they didn't like the fast food bracket. I'm sorry. I loved it. <laughs> we're we're going to do more brackets in the future. Uh, but I understand. If you're here for theology, then maybe that's not the best. And then I asked for, for ideas for future segments. Uh, more guests. And once again, I would love more guests, but my location 
doesn't really allow that. Uh, I could do Zoom, and I probably will do Zoom a little more in the future, uh, but I don't, I don't like Zoom as much. The chemistry with the other person uh, isn't quite there. So that's why, that's why I, I try to refrain from Zoom as much as I can, but it, it does serve a good purpose uh, for doing certain things. And okay, here's, here's something that a lot of people have suggested from pretty early on. A lot of people want me to talk more about like movies. Like I think somebody suggested, or a couple people suggested last time around, we should do a tournament of trying to determine the best movie of all time. And y'all, I, if you know me personally, you'll know that's one of my things that I just do not do very much. I'm not a movie guy. I've never seen the Star Wars trilogies or trilogy, or I don't know how many there are now. I've never seen the Lord of the Rings. Uh, I just don't watch many movies. I don't know. But somebody said maybe movies from like our childhood and preteen years. I watched some of those back in the day, so maybe we could do something like that sometime. Uh, somebody said, keep being you, and if only you could get Matt Carney on the show. I feel that, and I've been trying. Uh, they suggest a live podcast. Let's just say that's that's pending. We'll we'll get more into that in the future. Uh, super Spy. Okay, that's an inside joke. <laughs> it would also be mean to say, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> somebody said a theological topic we could talk about is Calvinism versus Arminianism. Uh, someone else says universalism and restorationism. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of those topics could find their way on the show. Then I asked, what is the overall ranking of Not A Christian Podcast on a scale of 1 to 10? You guys said 8.4. I will take that. And I asked y'all, uh, if you were introducing a friend to Not A Christian Podcast, how would you describe it in a few words or sentences to convince them to listen? And we'll go ahead and say that threats are not allowed. So some of those statements were funny and interesting, hilarious and thought-provoking, uh, Kyle's a pretty cool guy. He talks about interesting things. Uh, it's a Christian podcast, but not really. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you for that. Funny yet thought-provoking. It's got something for everyone. It's a fun show that talks about relevant topics in Christian culture, but not in a cheesy way. Thank you so much. That actually means a lot. Sometimes I worry if it's a little cheesy, but just because you said it, I know it's not. Uh, it's an easy podcast to listen to with humor, stories, and faith-related topics. That is what I love in podcasts. I'm trying to make something that I would be inclined to listen to. And those are my favorite types of podcasts. Fun, uh, lighthearted, like can get serious, but can also be really goofy. That's, that's exactly what I like to hear. Uh, someone else said, it's my buddy from college who rants about things that are sometimes insightful. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. I do rant a lot on the show uh, about ketchup and candy corn. <laughs> it's funny. Listen to it. Okay. It's good. Simple, but good. Some casual, easy listening, yet intelligent discussion about relevant topics. Thanks for that. It's a podcast that happens to be Christian, and the host went to seminary, so he's fairly biblically knowledgeable, <laughs> but he's pretty relaxed and personal. Uh, he kind of knows a little bit. So, <laughs> A Christian talks about a bunch of random stuff in Christianity and theology. Um, and then one more. It says, someone who has taken the truth versus tradition, research it for himself, and now takes time on a platform to talk about it. Yeah, thank you. That That's a good review. Um, and that is kind of what, what I like to do. So thanks for that. Uh, then I asked about favorite episodes of Not a Christian Podcast. Uh, actually, believe it or not, I think the women in ministry one might be the most common answer here. Um, also, the tournaments. Uh, you guys like it when I talk about music. Uh, someone says, you know, the end time stuff. Great. Love it. Uh, thanks for that. And then uh, y'all gave me some topics about things to, to talk about about in the future. 
won't necessarily go over that right now. But hey, that's just, you know, if you want to make your your thoughts known about Not A Christian Podcast, go ahead and go to my social media. Instagram would be the easiest place to find it. Go to the link in my bio and select Not A Christian Podcast, friend of the show survey, to fill it out. So that was that was kind of the intro. That went a little long, but that is okay. Just to give you a little roadmap of where we're going, we're going to talk about the Olympics and some things that I think I could meddle in. And then we're going to wrap up the show with giving you a couple of different recommendations uh, because that's just that's just how we're doing it today. So buckle in. You don't want to get any of it. Let's jump into it. All right, we are going to talk about the Olympics. And, you know, I don't think the Olympics get nearly as much love as they should because they're, they're over now. Uh, so welcome to the the show, Kyle. Way to talk about things that aren't even happening anymore. But hey, it's been, I did some pre-recording like two weeks ago. Last week's episode was a guest show. So, you know, we're just going to go ahead and talk about the Olympics now. And some of these things we can only talk about in hindsight. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the moments of the Olympics. Uh, Allison Felix became the most decorated track and field athlete of all time. She's an American, legendary. Katie Ledecky, uh, turns out she has the fastest, she has the world record in the 800 meter freestyle, but she has the top 23 times that have ever been recorded. So she basically has, she's, she's in first all the way through 23rd place. Uh, so that's, that's legendary. Uh, let's talk about the marathon. So first of all, I just want to point out the, the, the marathon announcers, absolute legends, because those marathons last like over two hours, like almost three. And those announcers keep it going. They put the team on their back and they talk the entire time about a marathon. It's not like things are even changing. You know, it's not like a football game where there's a multitude of different possibilities that can happen. It's a marathon. They're running a course and they're running and they're running and they're running and nothing changes. You know, somebody might trip. Somebody might like, uh, oh, let's talk about this. That French runner, I don't remember his name, but there were all these water bottles lined up on a table. And what he did was he just started, like, knocking them off with his hand. He, like, ran by and just, like, sweeped all the water bottles off with his hand. And then the very at the very end of the row, he grabbed the last one. He did that so nobody else could grab any water. Like, and I think the dude ended up finishing, like, 18th place, so that was well-deserved. Uh, but, wow, that was that was wild. But these, these marathon announcers, they just keep it going. So I shout out to those guys mad respect there because I sit here and talk for an hour and sometimes that's hard and I talk about anything ask me to comment on somebody running I'm gonna run out of stuff to say pretty dang quick so shout out to marathon announcers so I I I was thinking you know what because this is what happens when you watch the Olympics inevitably especially the sports that we don't see much of in the U.S. because we we love football we love basketball some of us love baseball we watch that on TV all the time. And I know whenever I see Patrick Mahomes drop back and throw like a 30-yard pass behind his back, I don't just sit there and say, you know what, I could do that. When I see Steph Curry post up from half court and drain a three-pointer, I don't say, you know what, I could do that. But when we watch the Olympics, what do we do? We see those obscure sports that we don't, we don't hear about very often or that aren't very popular in the U.S., and we say, you know what? I could do that. 
I could medal in this sport. So, so I decided to do a little, a little top 10, little countdown of what could I medal in if I was in the Olympics. And I decided to open up the conversation to, to summer and winter Olympics. Uh, but first, I'm going to give one honorable mention. The honorable mention of sports that I could medal in in the Olympics is, and this is why this is an honorable mention, is basketball. Okay, here's, here's the thing. If everyone on the team had my skill level, we would never make it to the Olympics. But somehow, if, if I just jumped on the USA team, if somehow I were allowed on there, you know, we win, we win gold every year. So that's why that's an honorable mention because I could win a medal in, in basketball, but it would be like if I didn't play. Uh, and then that gave me an idea. The NBA should have like this raffle, like a fundraiser, where some random dude, some rando gets to, or, or girl, woman, Gets to gets to play for Team USA. Gets, just gets to be on the team, or we could do it for the men's and the women's team, and because we always win gold in both. I think the women have now won like seven or eight straight gold medals, and the men have won like four or five straight. Uh, so so I would be all about that. Maybe get like ten seconds of playing time. Maybe go in and shoot a free throw. Uh, that way you could say you played in the Olympics and you won a medal. That's why that's getting the honorable mention. Let's get into the top ten of the Olympic sports that I think I could meddle in. Coming in at number 10 is race walking. And I know this is probably the one sport that everybody thinks that like they could do. But first of all, I got some mad respect for these people because the race is like 20K, 20 kilometers. Uh, that's about 12 miles. And I did the math. And the winner of the gold medal, he did it at a in the men's. He did it at a 631 pace. I can't even run like one mile in that pace, much less a 20K. So to be able to speed walk that, like that's pretty impressive. And speed walking is like, it's kind of like running, but your feet have to be on the ground at all times. And like, you have to like straighten your leg. I don't know. I didn't really understand it, but go look up Olympic speed walking on YouTube. They look hilarious. Uh, It looks like somebody walking or slash running that's trying not to poop themselves. And then I found out that it didn't happen in this Olympics that we know of. But in like 2016, the gold medal winner, because it was such a long race, I guess, pooped himself during the race. <laughs> I mean, props. He didn't stop to use the bathroom. And, but so it's just like there's something about a sport where you can poop your own pants and compete in. It's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I respect it. <laughs> Coming in at number nine on the list of Olympic sports that I could medal in, sailing. Uh, because that doesn't require, I mean, maybe it requires some strength. Uh, I don't know. Go go and look it up on YouTube. See what you think. It's, it's like a race with some sailboats. And I don't know, you got to put your body into it. It takes some strength. But I uh, also feel like sailing is just something that you only do if you have a lot of money or grew up with a lot of money. Because I, I can't afford that. I can't afford to get into sailing. I live in the desert. Uh, so that's why that's at number nine. Coming in at number eight, archery. Once again, takes a little bit of strength, takes some precision, takes a lot of practice. Uh, but once again, it doesn't take an overwhelming amount of athleticism to do. And believe me, I've shot a bow before. Uh, I'm not good at it. It's hard. It's difficult. You got to practice. But once again, you don't have to be like LeBron James to medal in archery. To be the best archer in the world is not to be like a phenomenal athlete. And number seven, kind of in a similar vein, shooting. Uh, you just target shoot with rifles. I think that's a little easier than archery uh, because I, 
I've shot guns more than I've shot bows in my life. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an okay shot, I guess. Uh, so number seven, shooting. I think that's, that's something I might could meddle in if I, if I tried hard enough. Number six, I'm going to go with table tennis, as it's known in the Olympics, but as it's more affectionately known by uh, me and many other people, ping pong. I'm a decent ping pong player. Uh, shout out to my friend Ty, if you're listening. Uh, last semester, Ty's one of my college students at the BSM. I beat Ty over 200 times in ping pong, and he beat me like seven. So I don't know what the win percentage of that is, like 97% or something. I'm, I'm, I'm a decent ping pong player, and maybe if I did some world-class training, I could, I could medal in it in the Olympics. But it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to be like really good at. Lots of practice, lots of precision. Uh, so table tennis, ping pong, coming in at number six. Coming in at number five, equestrian. Once again, uh, you don't have to be that athletic. And I, I'm pretty sure, you know, like a jockey, it actually comes in handy if you're not like a tall person. So I don't know if, if LeBron James could do equestrian because that horse, he's a heavy guy just because he's so tall and muscular. That horse would be having a hard time. Uh, not with me. I'm a shorter guy. So equestrian, once again, you don't have to be athletic. You have to have a good horse. And if you can have some money to buy a good horse, uh, train that horse well. Uh, maybe you hire somebody to do that, or maybe they do it on their own. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, equestrian, something I think I could medal in. No, the fifth most likely to medal. Uh, number four, a winter Olympic sport. The first winter Olympic sport to make its appearance here, bobsleigh, or bobsled. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, but basically, three people run with this sled, and they build up speed, and then they jump into it. And you lean to go around curves. And I don't understand like how you become the best of the world, the best in the world at this, because it's like I feel like there's just not enough variables. Because once you're in the sled, you're in. And you have to lean just right, whether it be like sideways to go around the curves, or like I don't know if there's a certain way you're supposed to lean when you're moving forward to make you the most like aerodynamic. I don't know, it just seems like there's too many variables for it to be for for like one person or one team, I guess, because it's like in teams of three, I believe. Like, there's too many variables for one team just to dominate the sport. Or not enough variables, excuse me, not enough variables for one team to dominate the sport. Because you got to be, like, fast, I guess, to build up the speed. But once you're in, you're in, and you're going. And you got to lean. So I think bobsleigh, maybe we could do it. The Jamaican bobsleigh team did it that one year. They're from stinking Jamaica, winning a gold medal in the Winter Olympics. Actually, I don't, I don't think they actually, I'm not sure if they actually medaled. Okay, yeah, I just looked it up. They placed 30th. 30th place and not quite a medal position but they made the olympics which was a feat in and of itself being from a tropical climate uh so bobsleigh the the fourth most likely to medal in for me uh coming at number three badminton and here they like their badminton over in asia china dominated this olympics in badminton and they typically do uh not take anything away from them but badminton is one of those things where I feel like, you know, if our best athletes, if Roger Federer, well, he's not American, I don't think, is he? Man, I'm having to look a lot of stuff up on this episode. No, he's Swiss. But, okay, let's just say if Roger Federer, because Switzerland isn't winning any medals in badminton, if Roger Federer had decided to play badminton instead, he would be, like, the best in the world. If, you know, any athlete who is, like, world-class decides to play bad they just don't except in china 
because that's actually a big deal over there. So I think I could meddle in badminton if I if I devoted enough time to it. Maybe I could. Coming in at number two on the Olympic sports that I think I could meddle in. And this is where it gets interesting. I think of all the sports that we kind of watched collectively, this is the one that stood out to me the most and I got the most into this year was handball. The U.S. did not have a handball team. And handball, if, if we've, never, we've never meddled in it. The U.S. has never won gold, silver, or bronze in handball. That's because we're not really sending our best, I think. So funny story about handball. When I was a freshman in college, or before a freshman in college, it came time to register for classes, and I could take a PE credit, and I saw handball was an option, and I had no idea what handball was. So I went and looked it up on YouTube, and it was like Olympic handball, where, and if you don't know what it is, imagine a basketball court where instead of basketball goals, you have soccer nets at the end, and there's like a, a ball that's like smaller than a soccer ball, and you're trying to throw it into the net. And that's basically what it, so it's like soccer and basketball if they had a baby. So my freshman year of college, I looked and I saw like, oh, that's an option for a class. I'm going to take it. Uh, and then I show up the first day, and it turns out it's not even that. There's another version of handball, which is like racquetball, only the ball is like harder and smaller, and you just slap it with your hand instead of a racket, and it's very painful. So I did a whole semester of that when I thought I was going to be in like Olympic-style handball, but instead I was suffering, slapping this rubber ball around with my bare hand all semester. (laughs) So... That's my experience with handball. And and so, of course, when I was watching handball, here's what I was thinking. When I went on social media, I found out a lot of other people had this idea. But once again, it's not like a, a novel idea. But if we just got together a bunch of our, our best American athletes to get together, we would we would win a medal in handball. So my idea, ideal handball team is six football players and a basketball player. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, and LeBron James. Just imagine that the, a handball team looks like a bunch of dads got together uh, and just decided, and, and I'm not going to take anything away from them, to win the Olympic gold, they have to practice, they have to commit time. But if those guys that I just mentioned, those seven guys uh, that I just mentioned that are American athletes devoted like a year of their lives to practicing handball, they could for sure win a gold medal. Uh, so I actually tweeted about this. I think it was on my personal account, but I said I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and a bunch of scrubs could put together a USA handball team and win gold without any practice. And of course, I don't think they could without any practice. That was obvious. It's Twitter. It's hyperbole. It's like an exaggeration. Get over it. And then some dude responded, uh, Tron Kavam. So shout out to at Tron Kavam on Twitter. He says, pretty sure none of those guys is much in favor of throwing anything without an offensive line in front of them. And by the way, how are quarterbacks at throwing round things with a fistful of pine tar on their hand? Okay, first of all, it doesn't matter that they have an offensive line or not. There's no one trying to tackle them. So yeah, if you have Patrick Mahomes in an NFL game take away his offensive line, I'm sure he wouldn't be good. Uh, But in handball, there's no one trying to tackle you. There's no one... That's against the rules. I don't... That tweet made no sense. Um, he said, how are quarterbacks at throwing round things with fist, fistful of pine tar on their hand? Well, I'm pretty sure they'd be pretty good at it. Like, if they can throw a football 80 yards down a field, I'm pretty sure they could throw a round ball. Uh, they have some arm strength, so that reply made no sense. And then, So I learned, like, don't mess with the handball community of Twitter. 
uh, because I didn't at anybody. They just went through and searched Twitter and found my tweet because I mentioned the word handball, and they just they attacked me. And then one guy retweeted my tweet as a quote tweet, and he said, we have a new contender for the dumbest handball take. Uh, so I'm honored by that uh, just to be like any superlative that I can get. Uh, to be the dumbest, not just dumb, not top 10 dumb, but I have the dumbest handball take out there. So i completely honored. Uh, once again, it, a complete joke, uh, but, but people, the, the handball community is serious. They're very protective of their sport. What I, what I said, I, I, if, so if you got those guys together and they got like a year of practice, for sure they would win the gold medal. Very little doubt in my mind that they could. So, and it turns out Jay Cutler, former NFL quarterback, he wanted to do this. Uh, he talked about it a year or two back, I think, said that he wanted to get together some NFL guys, start a handball team, win gold in the Olympics. And, of course, the handball community of Twitter and social media attacked him, too, for that. Uh, so handball is the number two sport that I think I could meddle in. And coming in at number one is curling. And if you don't know what curling is, it's played, like, on some ice, so it's a winter games sport. And they slide this stone thing across, and one guy goes and sweeps in front of it to, like, kind of, uh, influence the friction and the, the texture of the ice. It's, it's shuffleboard on ice on a big scale. And the, the U.S. team, like, captured all of our hearts last time in the Winter Olympics. And, you know, they just looked like a bunch of dudes that just got together, decided they were going to do some Olympic curling, and did. You know, they were one guy was kind of pudgy. He had a mustache. And he's my hero, my Olympic hero now. So that's the number one sport that I could win an Olympic medal in. So thank you very much. Uh, training begins today uh, to go out and in the, well, I guess I got like the 2022 Winter Olympics to, to train. And then in 2024, I'll be in all these summer events. So uh, look out for me. I'm coming for all the medals. Going to medal in 10 events. Going to be phenomenal. Going to be fantastic. I'm going to get Lamar Jackson and J.J. Watt to join my handball team. I'm going to somehow find my way onto the U.S. Olympic basketball team. We're going to, we're going to go to new heights uh, here on Not A Christian Podcast. So thanks for listening to me being overconfident in myself. Uh, maybe you thought you could, you could medal in an Olympic sport. Let me know which one you think you could do. Let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. Hey, guys. In this segment of the show to close it out i've got two count them two recommendations because that's just how we're going to do it today the first recommendation i have is for a youtube channel and it's called cart narcs and what cart narcs does is that it's just a dude that patrols like grocery store parking lots and he looks for people who don't return their carts to the cart return and what he does is he just basically politely tells them like hey that's not where the carts go you know, because some people just leave them out in the middle of the parking lot and the wind can catch them and they can slam into another car. I've seen that happen before. Or they'll put them up on a curb because they're too lazy to walk them back. And this guy just politely points out like, hey, uh, that's not where the carts go. You need to put it back. And then the reactions that he gets, some people get like so mad, like more mad about that than any, about getting called out on it than I've ever gotten about it, anything in my life. Like it's ridiculous how mad these people get. Someone pointing out that they didn't put their carts back where they belonged. And, and the thing is, when the people argue with him, he doesn't yell back at them. He just stays polite, and it's, it's hilarious. Uh, I love cart narcs. It's so funny. 
So I highly recommend it. And and since watching Cartnarks, I've known about it for a couple of years. And I I was always a person that would return my cart when I was shopping at the store. And I never really thought anything about it. And I knew some people didn't. But ever, so ever since watching Cartnarks, I'm like, yeah, the people that don't return their carts are the worst kind of people. <laughs> like how lazy uh, are you that you can't even put your cart back in the little place where it belongs. And, and so, so that's an ethical question, is that is it, is it ethical to just leave your cart in the middle of the parking lot? Because you could argue that like, you know, they hire people to collect the carts, and that is true, that is someone's job, but you are uh, obstructing other people's parking, and you're blocking the way for them to drive. The cart could blow away and hit somebody else's car, like we're talking about. Uh, so I think it's completely unethical to not return your cart to the cart return. Uh, but, but that's just me. Speaking of ethical dilemmas, I posted one of mine the other day on social media. It was an Instagram story. I asked you guys, is this ethical or unethical? So basically, long story short, I got a new laptop a few months ago, and I've been meaning to get an extra charger. Well, I was going to be traveling for about a week and a half, and I left my charger at my apartment, and I needed a new one. I went to Walmart and found one for $30, and I knew I could probably get one cheaper on Amazon, so I looked, and it was like $18. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to buy this one from Walmart, use it for a week, order the one from Amazon, have it come in, and then return the Walmart one. So I told you guys that on social media, and I asked you to vote if it's ethical or unethical. And 67% of you actually said it was ethical, which surprised me. I thought you guys wouldn't like that. But I also threw in a couple of extra details. It was an inferior product for a couple reasons. Uh, first of all, it was bulkier. You know, I don't really know what those things are called on a charger, uh, but it's like a box. Uh, it was huge, and it was really bulky, and the Amazon one didn't have one of those. And the Walmart one, it didn't stay plugged into my laptop very well, so you would like plug it in there, and it would like slide out super easily. So it was an inferior product, and it costed more, and I think that swayed a lot of your opinions. And a lot of y'all said like something to the degree of, well, if it's from Walmart, that's fine because, you know, they're a corporation. If you did it to like a smaller business, it would be. So I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting uh, that, that you guys said that that had such an influence on just where it was from, from Walmart. Like it, it's like it's okay to cheat Walmart out of money because of who they are, you know, a corporate giant. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, to be honest. You know, because stealing is stealing, I guess. You know, whether you steal from a rich person or a poor person, I think it's it's all the same. So I was I was trying to incriminate myself. I was trying to be like, hey guys, open this conversation up. Call me a bad person. And someone in in on Instagram said I should rot in prison. Uh, I think it was a joke, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna go ahead and hope that it was. Uh, but then a lot of you also said, you know, because the Walmart charger was inferior product, and it was more expensive then I had the right to return it. But I don't know. My ethical dilemma is, you know, I, I plan to return it from the beginning. No matter how good it was, I was just trying to save money. And then someone slid into the DMs <laughs> and said, you're stressed about $12. I'll donate to Not A Christian Podcast if you want. I said, no, it's about the principle. It's about the principle of the, the Walmart charger. Uh, it, was, it was an inferior product. So so that, that's my first recommendation, cartnarks and buying stuff and returning it at Walmart. So basically renting stuff <laughs> and, and not actually having to pay anything in the end. My second recommendation, and I wanted to do this one today, 
uh, because it's about to become, well, I'm not saying about to become irrelevant, but it's been out for about a month now. It's an album by singer-songwriter John Mayer. And John Mayer's been famous for like almost 20 years now. I think he, his first album came out in like 2003. And John Mayer was always a singer that I heard. And I've, I've liked a few of his songs throughout the years, but I would always hear John Mayer when I was in my like late teens, early 20s, and be like, you know what? John Mayer's good, but I feel like this is something I'll appreciate more when I'm older. And boy, was I right. Because John Mayer just came out with... There have been two albums this year that have come out in 2021 that I've been obsessed with. John Mayer's new album, Sob Rock, is one of those two. And I think you can guess the other one. We won't even need to say it. We've already mentioned his name once on the show. That'll be my quota for today. But Sob Rock by John Mayer is such a fantastic album. It has got... It's, so basically, the whole album is, is a throwback to like an 80s style of pop music. And it's reminiscent of like Toto, Bruce Hornsby, and Steve Winwood, if you know who any of those people are, any of the band's artists. Uh, it's like a combination of all of those. It is so, so good. Uh, some of the best songs on there. Uh, so, so this is another reason why I've talked about in the past. I don't listen to singles anymore is because some of these songs came out as singles, but like new light was the first single that came off that came out from sob rock. It came out in 2018. It's three years old and it now it's on an album. I think it's a great song and I think it fit incredibly well on the album, but it, it kind of took away from the album experience. Uh, and then uh, another song called carry me away has been out for a couple of years now. Uh, it was another one of the best songs on the album. Uh, uh, some other recommendations. Shot in the Dark was fantastic. Probably my second favorite song from the album. Uh, Till the Right One Comes, Wild Blue, both excellent songs. The best song on this album, one of the best songs I've heard uh, in years. So uh, it's, it's Last Train Home on this album. It sounds so much like it came straight out of the 80s, except it's better quality, um, you know, sound-wise. Last Train Home is like a perfect pop song. And so what I mean is, I don't, it's not like my favorite song of all time, but it, just everything about it is perfect. It sounds a lot like the synth riff from Africa by Toto, which, let's, let's go on a little sidetrack here. The song Africa by Toto, a few years ago, it became like a meme. It became a joke. But in all reality, I've loved that song since I was in like junior high. And that is one of the greatest songs of all time. And it deserves better than to be laughed at and made fun of. Uh, so Last Train Home is a perfect pop song, much like Africa by Toto is a perfect pop song. You know, I think like What's Love Got to Do With It? by Tina Turner is a perfect pop song. I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 is a perfect pop song. And I am just going to come out and say it. Last Train Home by John Mayer from his Sob Rock album is right up in the same category as those. And the whole album is just, like I said earlier, it's kind of a throwback to the 80s pop style. And John Mayer, basically, he's, he's so talented he can do whatever he wants and he he said in interviews basically the reason he made that album the way he did kind of that throwback 80s style was because just to prove that you don't have to fit any kind of mold to make good music you don't have to do what's popular right now you don't have to appease the masses and i think that's great john mayer 
He's got a, he's got a sense of humor. Some of the music videos for Saw Rock are hilarious. Go look at New Light and Shot in the Dark. Those two those two music videos are really funny. They kind of really lean into the '80s aesthetic, and and he has fun with them. Uh, but John Mayer, so so good. I'm still obsessed with this album. It came out about a month ago, and I've been meaning to recommend it to you guys on the show ever since then. But we've just kind of not really gotten to it. Uh, but go check out John Mayer's new album called Sob Rock. Now that we got those two recommendations out of the way, let's go ahead and transition to the closing. I am so, so glad that you guys chose to be here today. A couple things. I know with the Not a Christian Podcast friend of the show survey, I said, you know, if you want to enter a drawing to win a guest spot on the show, uh, enter your name. I didn't forget about that. Uh, that'll happen next week. And I know I said that a couple weeks ago, but it just it just didn't work out. But we'll do that drawing next week. So there's still time. If you want to fill out a survey and click yes, I would like to be entered in the drawing to be a guest on the show, you still have time to do that. But do it by like, do it as soon as you can, because I'm going to do the drawing when I record next week's episode. And I'm not sure when that's going to be. Finally, some exciting stuff coming up in the future for Not A Christian Podcast. Uh, As you guys know, college minister, so these next two, three weeks are going to be super busy for me. Still going to try to get an episode out every week. But after that, I'm going to unveil, and I I put some, you know, polls on social media to get the sentiment surrounding this. But I think you guys would be interested if there were perks to being a financial supporter of Not A Christian Podcast for 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month that you guys would be interested in that. So I asked you guys, like, hey, is this something you'd be interested in? And I think you were. Uh, So we're going to roll that out at some point, not in the next three, four weeks, but sometime beyond that. I'm super excited about it. I think maybe we could take the podcast to places where it's never been before. Uh, But for now, that's all the evangelical filth I've got for you. That's a wrap and that's a frat snap. Next time, I promise I'll do just a little bit better.